Hello and welcome to the Pricing Queen podcast with me, Sally Farrant. Each week on the show, I talk about different aspects of pricing, sometimes with interviewees and sometimes just on my own, but also about how to manage finances in your small business. Pricing is one of the biggest issues in every small business, as this can be the difference between making a profit and making a loss. So I hope to inspire you with interesting stories and practical tips about how to improve your pricing and make more money in your business. I have a background in corporate businesses and have now brought this to the small business world. And I want to inspire you that you can put your prices up at any time and make more money. Today on the show, I'm talking to Emma Cossey. Emma is the go-to resource for everything when you are new in freelancing. I love her stuff because she has a really active Facebook group, the Freelance Lifestylers, and all of her group is not about being kind of five and six figure numbers. It's all about just being a freelancer and making the best of your business world. And now on with the show. All right. Hi there. Welcome to the show. Today on the show, I've got Emma Cossey. Hi, Emma. Hello. Um, so I'm Emma Cossey. I uh, run the Freelance Lifestyle, which started out as a blog many, many years ago um, and a podcast, but now it's a Facebook community um, and a coaching service and um, a membership for freelancers. Yeah, so I've been a member of this for uh, about 18 months now, and it's just a brilliant resource for all things, kind of, particularly if you're new to freelancing, kind of all the legal stuff, a lot of the kind of what you need to do to get set up. Because actually, when you first start out as freelancers, you're like, what do I need to do? Do I need to register with HMRC? Do I need to do stuff? How do I get new clients? How do I? It's all of that stuff, and there's just so much stuff to do. And Emma's stuff is brilliant for kind of breaking all that down and making sure that actually you're doing all the right things and not wasting time on all the wrong and money on all the wrong things yeah that was that was really important to me because I one of the reasons I started it was I went into freelancing not knowing what freelancing was um and I was very fortunate to have an editor that very much took me under my under her wing and took me through some of the bits um but it still very much felt like um grasping and trying to find the best solutions and everybody's telling you this is how to find clients and this is how to find clients and actually it's just about working out how to build it so that everything works best for you and your personality um but also yeah like you say all the technical bits like registering for a business can seem terrifying you know (laughs) the panic people go into with their accounts and things like that as well um and yeah, just and even things like contracts, terms and conditions, terms and conditions in particular. Um, but yeah, anything that just puts you in a safe space as a freelancer, really. Yeah, and I think that's it. Like when I started out, you're like, well, what terms? Of, like terms and conditions are a really good example because you're like, well, what, what, what do I need to have? What do I need to be protecting myself against? What do I need to make sure I have in place? And you're like, well, do I need terms and conditions? What, why would I need that? You know, it's all of that stuff. It's like, well, do I need? What do I need to start with? Do I need a website when I first start? Do I need, you know, business cards? What do I what do I actually need to get started? Because I think it's tempting to go, well, I need all the things. And actually, you kind of don't need all the things right at the beginning. But you need to get the clients and you need to get on and get clients because it's tempting just to be doing a lot of kind of procrastinating around the edges where actually you need to, most of us, when we start our business, need to make some money quite quickly yeah and with with terms and conditions I think people think it needs to be this massive scary contract with loads of legal language and that for me every time I get a contract I have to get someone else to read it through with me because I just zone out that's just the legal language just makes me zone out but terms and conditions can literally just be 
a list of boundaries and expectations between you and the client. So things like um, notice period, if you both want to finish working together or how fast you expect to be paid or what hours you work and what will happen if they go work outside that. There's not a huge amount of things. And obviously it depends, like a graphic designer might want to have revisions in there, like how many revisions are included. There are lots of different things that you can include in that, but it can just be a simple list in an email or a very short document, a one page document. It doesn't have to be scary. Um, and I think that's what I generally want to make freelance life lacking fear I guess I, I want to take the fear out of it yeah and I think yeah that's the other thing is kind of also things like terms and conditions but also in general when you set out your business what are the boundaries what matters to you you know if you're going to work school hours or you're only going to work Monday to Wednesday or whatever it is that you wanted to do when you started your business start that way and talk to your clients about the boundaries and and then don't break them so if you say i don't work fridays don't reply to an email from a client on a friday because then they think oh she's working today that's brilliant great i could have a i could have a chat and then you get into a whole working thing you're like hang on a minute so my diary isn't available on certain days and certain times because i don't want to be flitting between things and all of that sort of thing and mondays and fridays i stick very much to kind of doing my content doing my other things and client work comes up during the middle of the week and it's kind of making it really clear to clients what you are and are not doing and that's true also when you're pricing things because actually when you've got your boundaries in place about when you work and that sort of thing clients can't bend them when you then say I'm sorry but that's uh, that's out of hours I'll be get back to you Monday or I'll you know you can expect a response within two working days or whatever it is it's really important to kind of have all that set out in your head and also make that clear to to clients as well yeah and it's being a future friend to yourself so if you've set your boundaries about what happens if an invoice is late it means that then you can refer back to that whereas if you don't have those terms and conditions and it happens all the time in my, in my Facebook group, I'll have someone coming in who says, Oh, I didn't set any terms and conditions, but I'm chasing this invoice. Can I ch uh, charge late fees? It's much better to be in a situation where you've sent your terms and conditions. You've explained what the late fees are, and then you can just follow through with that process. So it's just, hopefully you won't need it, but it's there to support you if you do. Yeah, that's it. And it's kind of making life as easy as possible for you and that also people can't deviate very much from what you've set. And then I think when it comes to like pricing, do you find a lot when people are pricing when they're new that they tend to charge much less when they're new and forget about all of the experience that they have probably in a job? So I started out three years ago going, oh, yeah, no, it's like, you know, I don't have an experience in doing this. And you realise, but actually I've got 20 years experience as an accountant. It all counts towards what I'm doing. You know, it's just a different scale. Yeah, definitely. Uh, very. It's very rare that newbies charge too much. And also I think people feel that if they're not getting work coming in, that's because they're charging too much. It's not, it's often more the marketing than the pricing. That's the problem there. Um but yeah, very, very common for new freelancers to be charging too little um, or to do that. Um, Denise Stafford of uh, Thomas did a, a sketch on this. On, um, you can find it on YouTube about um, women in particular and how they throw all of the extras in. So they're like, oh, here's my price. But here you can have this free and this free and have a discount and do this. And it's all it can feel very personal pricing. Um but actually having a really simple approach and 
experimenting with your pricing, I think is quite key as well. Like you might start in your first six months with a, a lower price. I mean, ideally you want to be competitive rather than um, undercutting. The cheaper you are, the more people think that that will reflect your value. You could be charging £10 for a blog post, for example, if you're a copywriter. People are going to assume that that blog post is not going to be a great blog post. But if you're charging £100, £200, they're going to assume that that's going to be a blog post with SEO built in, maybe the images, the right tags and uh, the right topics and really tailored to the audience. They're going to assume that that's going to really um, bring them value. So I think maybe less thinking about how you can be cheaper and more about what value you're bringing to the client and how much that's um, what the return on investment is for that client. Yeah, and it is about the transformation that you bring to the client. You know, if you're doing blogs, people get more traffic to their website, people buy more stuff, but a lot of it's about time saving. I don't want to write blogs. Somebody, if I can get somebody else to do it, that's a massive time saving and it will be better quality. So it's, you know, I outsource this podcast editing because I know I just wouldn't do it. I love doing the interviews and doing the recordings, but I would just never do the editing. So I've got a lovely producer, Buckers, who does it all for me. And that's perfect. And yes, it costs money, but I also expect to pay a decent amount for her to do a proper full job for me. And I think it's really looking at that and kind of going, actually... If you're doing it at £10, you're also, you'll also resent those clients. They're the ones that ultimately you go, oh, I've got to do that. Oh, God, I'm only going to make £10 out of that. And when you start looking at how many hours you work for some of these things, so let's say you do a blog post for 100 quid, but if it takes you 10 hours to write a blog post, which obviously would be extreme, you're only making, 10, you're only making £10 an hour, though. You know, it's just easy numbers. But, you know, it's kind of like actually you've got to look at what that actually means you're earning because you can be earning almost nothing because it takes you so much longer than you expect to do everything including all the admin the loading of it you know all of the stuff that goes around working with a client i think two common mistakes is people assuming how much people can afford to pay for something that is often a really big thing kind of people will assume oh they can't afford that um and i've fallen into that trap a lot with with having a lot of my products very low price because i feel that freelancers can't afford it but actually people who pay pay attention that's the one so I think there's kind of a big problem there but also the clients that you get who will pay you a cheap amount are going to be nightmare clients because they always want more as well than what you're offering especially the ones that haggle you down on price they are always difficult clients because they don't value you and you're not valuing yourself it's a toxic relationship then you want to be working with clients who value what you do and you want to be valuing what you do as well yeah and that they can properly afford to pay for you and they've decided that your whatever it is is a priority so it might be that you've decided you want to have a virtual assistant well then you're prepared to pay for that because you're like, right, okay, I need to have some help with all of this stuff and therefore I need to do it. Whereas if you're like, well, I'll get the cheapest thing I can, I'll get them at the £10 an hour or whatever it is, actually, you don't really value that service. As the VA that's providing that service, you're like, actually, this is just not worth it. And it's also really difficult to put the prices up on that sort of thing. If you're very, very cheap, so I do a lot of project work, so it's slightly, I would say it's slightly easier for me because I'm getting new clients kind of regularly so I can price every time almost but if you've got if you're in something like I don't know social media blogging you know all those things where you want ongoing client relationships which is what a lot of freelancers want then I think it's like much more tricky just to put your price up if you're really cheap and then you go well actually I'm going to go from 10 pounds now to 100 pounds or even 20 pounds even doubling it is really hard to do so just be careful when you first start out of really going too cheap because it's very difficult to pull it up then 
and there are loads of resources now for, for pricing. Obviously, you've got your pricing calculators, um, which are fantastic. They're always ones that I refer other people to. Um, but there's lots of great resources online now um, where people will submit how much they're charging for things. So, uh, you know, Juno do a great guide, which um, they're sort of a newish freelance marketplace for the UK. I haven't used them yet. I've just been looking at their reports, but they've got some great reports on um, the average people are charging and the lowest and the highest. So that's a good thing to look at. And also just having a look at other people's websites, loads of people's websites and recording it and then seeing what comes up as an average. But if you feel like you're doing that and you've looked at all of those and you're charging a lot less, then you definitely need to be reviewing. But like you say, it's quite difficult to go from a very low price to like an average price well i think it is knowing you know talking about the pricing calculator it's kind of going well how much do i need to earn an hour although i always say don't price by the hour and you should always package up as a fixed cost for whatever you're doing so if you're doing blogs it is 250 pounds for a month's worth of blog for four blogs not it's this many hours of work although you should look at hourly rates in terms of what you how much you might need to charge so it's also useful to i think to know that you need to charge 50 pounds an hour for everything that you do that's a really useful thing but that's not the way to talk to the client the client is i'll produce you four seo blogs a month for 250 quid or whatever it is not this is this how many hours and all of that sort of thing that you did and on packages, so I know we've talked about this before, but like having three packages is a really good one and have the middle one be the one you want people to buy. It's an old psychology thing that people always plump for the middle. So have a basic thing, which is your lowest level and a VIP, which is basically one kind of one to one or your highest offering. And they can always slightly customise it, can't they? But are you, I know you and I have a shared bugbear of people not putting their prices for their packages on their website. Funnily enough, I think people, if they don't see the packages and the pricing on the website, they immediately assume it's way out of their budget. And I'm always surprised by how many people who charge not enough or like an average amount who don't put their packages on and they immediately kick themselves out of the, the race really by by not having them on there when they could be absolutely perfect for that client, but the client writes them off because they just assume they'll be too expensive. Or because you don't want to have a pricing conversation. You know, I talk a lot about packaging because, mm. you know, if I'm like, if you're, going and it's like well I'm expecting to pay like 250 quid a month for my blogs and actually you're going to be 500 quid it's like well actually I'm not sure I want to I can't afford to work with you or if like if it's a coaching thing you're like well I might save up for that you know it's going to cost me a lot of money I'll do that the next time they release that or that sort of thing because I think it's really tempting to just go oh people will be put off but you don't want to be having a pricing conversation on a sales call you want to be having a chemistry conversation on a sales call they want to know and there might be a bit of tweaking around the pricing but if you know it's going to be somewhere between 200 and 400 quid for whatever it is you want if they then go it's a thousand you're like oh hang on a minute I've just wasted and you're wasting your time and also it's really tempting then to discount so what happens is then they come and go I can't afford it so you're tempted to go well I'll offer you a discount it's like but you want to only work with people that can afford to work with you uh, there is a little hack if you are feeling awkward about that kind of thing so I use Dubsado for any of my kind of client contacts and things like that um, and in there I have one question which is which package are you interested in and then they can choose from the drop downs and then another question is are you ready to invest at this time in these services and it just if there's someone that doesn't want to invest I know then that I either 
change the call and send them something else or um i know it's going to be a short and sweet call and then i'll kind of send them on the way with some resources or something that i have but you don't go in then hyping up and feeling worried about what kind of conversation you're going to have and equally if you know you're going to go in and they want the premium option you go in fully prepared for what you're going to talk about and everything that's going to be included and with resolve like you say that you're not going to discount and you and that you don't discount so discounting is fine but you don't discount without reason so if they say well i can't afford that you say well i can offer you this which is cheaper but it is lesser so they can see that they're not getting as much time with you or whatever it is so you might say well i've got something else i can offer it's a freebie or it's something very cheap i've got a masterclass, whatever but it's making sure that you're not offering the same thing at a 20% discount because they've asked and often it's just going back and going no 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 this this is the price for this package and by having packages and having advertised packages I just think it's much easier to go do you know what that's the price and and it's much easier and then I think things like Fiverr and Upwork are really difficult those are like people like well I need work how do I get work and that sort of thing and then you get that kind of real difficult environment where it's very cheap work and often not great. I would much rather people would work with one person who is willing to, they might go in and charge a little bit less, but they're working with someone that is willing to let them try out new things, let them try different tools and software that they own or give them any kind of guidance or like a mentor I can kind of see the benefit in that rather than them spending lots of time working on lots of small gigs for people at dirt cheap prices and they're not getting any kind of support or anything or that ability to try different things. So my VA occasionally will come to me and say, I really want to try doing this and this. Is it something you're interested in? Could I do a trial run with you? And then I can offer it as a service. I can kind of see the benefits sometimes of that kind of thing. Yeah, I think Fiverr, um, uh, what are they calling it now? People, it is still people per hour, I think. And a couple of the other ones, it's just a race to the bottom. Um, and you're not going to feel good about it and you're not going to be valued as a freelancer. And I think, you know, part of it is thinking, you know, the difference between having a freelance business and a small business, you know, some people don't ever want to do anything more than have a handful of clients and just have a freelance gig where they're kind of working for themselves, but basically have a job people don't want to be producing courses and doing all the things and you don't need to do all of that there's no reason why you can't have a good income from that sort of thing I mean there is a ceiling if you're doing one-to-one but actually for lots of people having four or five solid clients is a is a good gig and they're very happy with it so don't always think that you need to have all the things to do it you just need to have a solid pricing structure and a solid business model that is this is what I offer and this is what I don't offer as well I do think there is this real pressure at the moment to be all this five figure months six figure years all the and there's so much pressure and that if you're not doing that you're a failure um and there's not that there, there isn't that pressure in traditional jobs so for some reason I, I don't know why there is this pressure on freelancers in particular to constantly grow and actually if your goal is to earn 30 40k a year or if you're working around childcare, maybe a little bit less but still having that flexibility um and that is enough to give you the lifestyle that you want your level of uh, your version of success i think sometimes that's more important and it's so important why um you need to keep on top of your numbers. Like you always say, you need to know your numbers because you need to know what for you is success, what for you is profit, what for you is a comfortable life that you're happy with. And 
this idea that you have to be constantly chasing five-figure months or you know 5k months as a freelancer I've seen that around everywhere and every and it's just it's a lot of pressure and it's unnecessary if that's not what you want so I think it's really important that people really sit down and work out what it is they want what life they want yeah do you want to be employing a whole load of people do you want a massive business or do you just want it to be you that's just you know essentially a bit like a job you know but with lots of different you know lots of different companies and I think it's really tempting to kind of be going oh I want to grow and all that sort of thing but actually plenty of people make very solid businesses the freelancing bit gives you the flexibility however you started your business it might be that you got made redundant so it wasn't totally a choice but actually there's the flexibility it provides you know we've talked chronic health conditions having kids all of that sort of thing it provides much more flexibility you've also got to be realistic that you're not going to be working 40 hour weeks facing the client you can't charge 40 hours to a client because you've probably got to spend at least half a day if not a whole day a week generating new business so that you don't lose it totally if you don't work full time so let's say you work school hours some of that time has got to be taken off somewhere else I think it's being really honest with yourself about how much you're actually going to work so again I work less in the holidays so suddenly you're like, well, July and August, I'm almost, yeah, it feels like I'm hardly working. And over Christmas, like December's always terrible because you've got like quite a long, particularly recently where we haven't got any childcare. And also it's tempting to work all the hours God sends. So again, the last 12 months, we've all been able to work significantly longer because of COVID. But actually it's also going, is this, it's not sustainable. It's all very well saying, well, I'll work in the evenings and at the weekends. But is that actually sustainable in the longer term you know it's all right for a bit if your kids are coming up to nursery or school or whatever but you've got to be careful that it's not a recipe for total burnout and that's part of keeping your prices up that you can work less for the same amount of money yeah and this idea that we have to do nine to five as well is such a traditional uh, corporate idea and even they're they're looking at changing it and moving to four day weeks and things like that and it's just mad that we are as freelancers still fixated on that and actually for a lot of freelancers having two or three hours in the morning two or three hours focus time in the afternoon or the evening or whatever works for them is enough to get all the work done that they need to and this idea that if you're not doing nine to five again you're not a success that kind of it's again if for your idea of success is only doing three or four hours a day go for that work but work out your pricing around that so that you can do it yeah, and you want to make sure that, you know, you, you do what you want with the kids and you do what you want with, you know, with family life and all of those things. You know, what matters to you, uh, you know, is different to everybody for everybody. And it's like, actually, you need to kind of prioritise if you want to be around for your kids. So that means stopping at three o'clock or they only go to preschool in the morning or you don't want to work until they're bigger. All of those sorts of things. You can grow your business as they get bigger and you've got more time. But it's really, I think it's being really honest with yourself about actually how much you're prepared to work and how much that works for you. Like I don't work weekends because I just, I'm useless and I'm terrible in the evenings, but I work in the mornings. I get up early and work in the mornings and that works really well for me. <laughs> um, but it's being, but it is being pretty brutal about what, how much you can get done in the time as well and how long things take. So if you're pricing something up, put a buffer in put a 20 percent buffer in that says it's going to take me it's always going to take me longer because something will come up and if it doesn't great you know you've priced it in and you'll know next time that you don't need to price that in but clients are always a bit of a pain somewhere there's always something underestimating time is another big freelance issue really that everybody always underestimates how long something will take and you are better to add on that buffer 
and allow yourself more time and under promise and over deliver mm. yeah i think i always think that's a really good a really good thing because you just need a little bit more it only takes like there to be a couple of phone calls and you've been on the phone for an hour talking about stuff and and also you want to build in the time that it always takes every time you've got to have a call with somebody you've got to set it all up and onboard them and all of that sort of thing so Oh, it's been brilliant. Thank you very much. Where can we find you? So the website's freelancelifestyle.co.uk. You're welcome to come over and join us in the Facebook group, The Freelance Lifestylers. It's a really warm one and there's no kind of judgment. So, and definitely no five, six figure pressure or anything in there. I do have a podcast that I periodically update, uh, which is The Freelancers Tea Break. Um, And yeah, otherwise you can pretty much find me most places under Emma Cossey. Brilliant. Thanks ever so much for coming on. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. Do rate and review Five Star, obviously, if you can, wherever you get your podcasts so that more people can hear about my pricing tips. You can find me on Instagram at The Pricing Queen, where I share more pricing tips. So do let me know what you thought of today's episode. I'll see you soon. Thank you.